This week's episode of Pop Culture Reference is brought to you by the Professional Cinema Society Horror Anthology Double Feature on October 25th at 7pm in Mitchell Hall, B91. We'll be showing Creepshow and Trick or Treat, two anthology horror films that are nice and spooky just in time for Halloween. Now, on with the show. Hello everyone, broadcasting live from a repurposed derelict firehouse, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Seamus Connolly. I'm your other host, Egon Spangler. Hi, hello, Peter Vankman, I'm also here. <laughs> Damn it, now I'm left out of the intro bit. <laughs> well, this is a pre-recorded special episode. So we are going to have to record a little early, so there won't be any news this week. Nor will there be a good place recap, so we'll have to double up next week. Sorry about that. This week, we are going to be diving deep on a, a classic, some, a, a movie that I hold so incredibly dear to my heart. Twenty sixteen Ghostbusters or nothing. Oh no, God! We're doing the original Ghostbusters. I don't even. What year did that? Is that what we're doing? I watched the twenty sixteen. I watched the real Ghostbusters TV show to get ready for this. Well, that's is that not what we were? It's called the real Ghostbusters. I thought we were watching the real Ghostbusters. I watched Ghostbusters, the show about the two paranormal detectives with the monkey that goes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, thank God. So yeah, this movie came out in 1984. And gosh darn it, it holds up without any problem. It's so funny. If we're just jumping right into it, we yeah. might as well just start. Does everybody know the plot of Ghostbusters, I'm assuming? I hope yeah. everybody knows the plot of Ghostbusters. You know, let's just go ahead right now. Spoiler warning right off the bat. This movie if you is haven't seen 25 this years old. year old movie. <laughs> Or 35 years. 35 yeah. years. Oh, man. Jeez. It's been 35 years. So, if you guys haven't seen Ghostbusters, uh, we're going right into spoilers for Ghostbusters. We start off in the library, New York City library, to this day. That ghost in the basement <laughs> that, like, that turns into Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure <laughs> is horrifying. It makes my stomach drop. I'm a 20-year-old man. It, I probably saw that movie first when I was like eight years old like it's it still yeah. gives me a twinge of like That's real a real great fear. scene it's still iconic oh yeah, absolutely I think, I think we all went through a phase where because I saw it around the time I was eight as well and it was for a time the scariest movie I had ever seen I think and if I'm not mistaken, that's, like, the only, like, really scary part. There's, like, Slimer, he's kind of well, goofy. I think There's... the end is pretty creepy. The The scene with Dana in the apartment where she's levitating over the bed is pretty oh, creepy. I, I was going to say the part where all the hands are coming out of Dana's chair. Yeah. That's everything pretty Everything with Dana's pretty creepy. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> everything with the actual Ghostbusters is, like, wacky. Like, what there's the taxi driver ghost. They're and the... all released into the world. Well, I mean, that turns into Doesn't a little that more... Does come to life at one point? Is wait, that two? Wait, what comes to life? Like a, a fur coat comes to life on this woman. Is that two? That I think might that's be two, two. Which I will say right now is also very good in my opinion. I really like Ghostbusters too. You know what? We're not getting into that right now. We're talking about the, the OG original straight Slimer and Rick Moranis running around Central Park. It's really... The same as any other going into business story, except now we have ghosts in the equation. Bill Murray's kind of a scumbag in this movie. Oh, like, 100%. The first scene with him, he's like 
doing that psychic card test. Whoa. He's like flirting with the girl and electrically zapping the other guy. Just even when the guy is getting the cards right, yeah, God, and the girl is getting the cards wrong. That's a pretty great introduction to that character, though. Yeah, it kind of shows what he's all about. He doesn't quite take paranormal stuff super seriously Not at no. all, which begs the question: Why? Why is he, he here in this field? Yeah, isn't he like a professor of like paranormal? Stuff in, yeah, at the university. He's a, he's a professor with he's Egon a poor and Ray. And then also the way he treats Dana the first few times that they interact is inappropriate. Wait, how, what does he do? Well, they're in a professional setting. She hires him. Right. The only resource that she has in this bizarre, specific problem that she's having, and he relentlessly hits on her. Yeah, that's true. In a way that's inappropriate for a professional setting. In her own home? But, like, Peter Vakeman is yeah, man, the least professional professional. And he's that's the 80s for you. Yeah, it's, that's the <laughs> 85, buddy. It's a little, uh... Tug at your collar. Uh, uh, oh boy. One part of that initial scene where he like brings the like weird air pump thing <laughs> out and is like going through her apartment. Uh huh. He goes through a piano and is hitting the two highest keys. Mm-hmm. They hate this. I did that for. <laughs> I still do that. I do that all the time when I see piano. People are just like, "What are you? What are you talking about? I don't get that. It's too obscure." Well, that's a tremendously charming scene, I think, despite the fact that he's being a creep. Everything that Bill Murray is doing in this movie is charming. He's a great character. Mm, He's just being Bill Murray. (laughs) No matter how dire the situation gets, he's aloof and funny. He's cracking jokes to, like, the final boss of this... Damn, I'm trying to... Gozer... Gozer, yeah. The... Gozerian? Gozerian, yeah, that's not super... When it's, like, weird slimy costume up on the top of the building. He still, he says something really funny and I'm forgetting now. Show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. I think that's it. That's that's a pretty great line. Come on, yeah, that's so much fun. There's the, you know, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man wreaking havoc. Regardless, he's still cracking fun jokes to his Mm -hmm. buddies as they're like about to destroy the world. Does anybody have a character arc in this movie? Uh, I think... Winston Zedmore, he Winston comes in. Winston Zedmore is pretty great he, character, yeah. Yeah, he comes in in like the middle of the movie. Yeah. Janine, lover to death. She runs through like, do you believe in UFOs, uh, <laughs> ghosts, warlocks, demons, the Loch Ness monster? And his response is just, if you pay me, I'll believe in whatever you tell me to. And I think that's a great attitude to have, especially in this movie, where they're really just working stiffs. Yeah, this this like supernatural. Ghost comedy is just also being set in New York City. You have to, like, do New York City things, like get a job you don't necessarily believe in or, Mm -hmm. like, try to, like, live in a gross old firehouse. I guess they fix it up pretty well. Here's a question I have about the New York City that Ghostbusters is set in. It's clear at the beginning of the movie that Egon and Ray have been trying to find proof of paranormal life for years and are dismissed as crackpots, right? However... After the Ghostbusters get in business, there are ghosts everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, they just, like, break the barrier, and there are many ghosts as there are people in New York. And does that have something to do with 
Gozer's return? Are there just more ghosts? Because they don't release all of the ghosts that the Ghostbusters have caught until very late in the movie. That's true. And then before them, there's paranormal stuff going on. The world's in panic, and who are you going to call? You know what? Yeah, they fill the void of, like, that hotel just has a ghost. They call them, like, it's... I like guess an exterminator. Like, yeah, exterminator, like but, like, they So I guess there less. just wasn't a market for it. Yeah. There was demand, but there wasn't any supply for their goods and or service. But, like, so, then why are they professors trying to prove stuff? If you, before the Ghostbusters exist, see a paranormal phenomenon, if you see an invisible man sleeping in your bed, who are you, you going to call? call? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no I one. There's no one to call. When they go to the library at first and they see the scary lady, Dan Aykroyd's like, oh my god, it's a full-body apparition. Like, this yeah. is very exciting and unheard of, really. Yeah, he's excited about the ectoplasm. Oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I'm sorry, ectoplasmic reticulum. <laughs> god bless you. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. I, I guess now that you bring it up, I feel like maybe the return of Gozer does play into that, and I am just going to go ahead and... I also you know, feel like it, that forever. it doesn't matter. So. Oh, no, it doesn't matter at all. Like, the, the Ghostbusters are the real stars here. The ghosts, they're fun, and they give the... They drive everything, but the Ghostbusters are really what you, you should come for. Talk about that weird scene where Ray gets a blowjob from a ghost for that no reason. That gave me such strange feelings as a child. I didn't get it, really. I was also like... Is he getting blown by a ghost? Or is it not is a this... dream? No, it is a dream. Is but it? He... Yeah, because yeah, he's in bed and then it goes... It's just the Wayne's World flashback. But he, he's Isn't like... that just... That's just spooky music. Oh, there's a ghost here. It, but it literally does the rippling well, Wayne's yeah. World and, thing And then the he's, he's like having a wet dream. Basically, he like flops off of his bed and wakes up. Okay, if that's a dream, why is it in the movie? <laughs> I think it's... that's Dan Aykroyd's thing. Because you know Dan Aykroyd is really into this stuff. Yeah, he's a crazy I actually, person. Oh, are we going to go into which one of us believe in ghosts or not in <laughs> real no, life? No, it's not that. It's like a ghost hunter, and his dad is like a ghost hunter, yeah, and I... they're really into the occult and stuff. Not just, oh, I believe in ghosts or whatever. Really hardcore into it, like the crystal skulls, all that stuff. If, if I remember correctly, there is a story, like he was doing a, a UFO series or yes. a UFO documentary and he got like, he got men in blacked. Like he got scary miscellaneous government agents like telling him to cut it out. Yeah, he believes in all of that kind of paranormal, extraterrestrial, all that stuff and he's really vocal about it. And this script was originally born out of a serious film that he wanted to make about ghost hunting that slowly became a comedy. Thank God it became a comedy. <laughs> I feel. I mean, it would have been something interesting to see a, a Dan Aykroyd's, like, serious ghost movie from the 80s, but... And it was going to be different actors, too. It was still going to be comedians, but I think John Candy at one point was attached. It seems what? like Eddie Murphy at one point was attached. Mm, Eddie Murphy was going to be uh, Winston at one point. Which I think Ernie Hudson's way better for that role, because oh. Eddie Murphy would have been way too over the top for the most grounded Ghostbuster. Yeah, I can see that. Because that was still Eddie Murphy, like, yeah, that, 80s Eddie Murphy. That's right off Beverly Hills Cop Eddie Murphy, who's hilarious. That's the most funny Eddie Murphy, but it is Live from New York. It's the Eddie Murphy show, Eddie <laughs> Murphy. It is height of his powers, full of pride, showmanship Eddie Murphy that I don't think would have been right for the Winston character. Speaking of Ghostbusters, you know, as people... We all have a favorite Ghostbuster. Yeah, I would imagine we all have a favorite Ghostbuster, right? Gentlemen? Oh, it's between uh, Peter and Egon for me. 
Peter is Dan Aykroyd? No, Peter Vankman. Peter Vankman, of course. Dan Aykroyd's character Ray Stentz. Yeah. God damn it. I, I love Ray. Ray's my favorite. Because he, he seems to be like the... I don't know. He's a goofball. He's, he's a goofball. And he's kind of the heart of the operation. Yeah, he's, I, and you know, he was kind of the heart of that movie, yeah. apparently, so I guess that makes a lot of yeah, sense. He's, I think they're very much based in the personalities that those actors brought to the film. Because if you think about Egon, who is my favorite Ghostbuster. He's great. Harold Ramis was a director. He was very practical. He was very funny, but he was also very to the point and very intellectual about the way he approached comedy, which is the approach that Egon has to the work that they're doing on Ghosts. And then Bill Murray just shows up and it's like, what are we doing? Oh, okay. Oh, we're buying a firehouse? Bill sure. Murray didn't want to be there. Did he Bill not? Murray doesn't want to be anywhere, ever. Yeah, except true. the World Series when the Cubs except are playing. Except for places where he's not supposed to be. <laughs> Is there any place that he's really not supposed to be? Where could he be that would be like, too far, Bill Murray? Like, he's really pushing pushing that line farther and farther. Bill well, Murray this... wanders into Area 51. I was gonna... The <laughs> stadium gonna... under the St. Louis Arch where the Cardinals play. Is that where he's not welcome? Well, the Cardinals are the sworn enemy of the Cubbies. That's true. I'll give you that. I, I do love that he's so... You'd see him on the TV in the background of the mm-hmm. World Series that the Cubs were playing. Yeah, right behind home plate. He wouldn't even be doing stuff either. He would just be like like watching baseball like a psycho. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Bill Murray. <laughs> just like Just like, like you and me, oh. where he can afford World Series tickets right oh, behind yeah. home plate. God. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the stories where it's just... Bill Murray in a random place. It's like, yeah, man. You ever we watch were that? having a party and I went into the kitchen and Bill Murray was doing my dishes. Did <laughs> you, you ever watch that documentary? I did. It's pretty fun. Did you watch that documentary? Well, no, I should check it out. It's on Canopy, I think. It's on Netflix, I want to oh, say. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, great. So. Yeah, it's like he stumbled into a firehouse to fight ghosts with his buddies and it just, it's stuck. I want to almost start talking about the implications in Ghostbusters 2 as well, but, like, I don't know if we should go that far. I feel it would be irresponsible to go into Ghostbusters 2 in that I have not seen Ghostbusters 2 in several years, and I remember very little about it. I remember... I remember always room for Jello. I remember the sewer flubber. Yeah. Uh, I remember Rick Moranis becomes a Ghostbuster. Yeah. I, of course, remember Vigo. <laughs> yeah, Vigo's so good. Um, Peter McNichol, who I absolutely adore and should be in every single thing. Vigo, by the way, this is a complete tangent. I noticed <laughs> a couple of years ago, Vigo is one of the terrorists in Die Hard. Wait, who is he in? Vigo the painting in Ghostbusters yeah. 2. Yeah. Is one of the terrorists in the die original hard. Die in the hard. original Die Hard? Just one of the miscellaneous like guys doing crowd control. Mm-hmm. Wow! I think he's down there with Genghis Khan from Bill and Ted when Genghis oh, Khan's nice. eating the candy bars. I should learn that guy's name because he is the best character actor who's. Ever I used lived. to know it. He's in your it's favorite not... movie, Big Trouble in Little Vigo. China. That's true. Wait, what? It's not Vigo. No, no we're talking about Genghis the... Khan from Bill and Ted. Yeah, the Fu Manchu mustache with like the bald. Wispy combo. He's a tremendous actor. His physicality is all that he needs. Each one of those goons, I think that we just listed, Genghis Khan not really being a goon. Kind of. All three of them all have their distinct personalities. He has no dialogue in any of those three movies that I can think of. Presumably he's speaking, like, Mongolian. Yeah, he's ta- he talks in Bill and Ted, but you never hear what he's saying. It's Got all it. about the physicality that he's bringing to that role. And I think they are all distinct. That speaks volumes to his talent as an actor. Is he 
still working or alive? You can find that out right now. You guys Please can talk do. about, like, Ghostbusters. Yeah, we gotta go back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> We're going on to character actors that aren't even in this movie. Zool. Zool? No that, Dana only Zool. That was also something that is still pretty freaky to me. The mm-hmm. fridge thing. Like, the fridge stuff, and, of course, like, the hands ripping out of her chair and, like, pinning her down is always gross and freaky. It is. hands is very clearly cop and a feel. I think that might have been on purpose. Everything about what goes on with Gozer and Zool and all that are, is very sexual. I mean, the gatekeeper and the, and key, the master. key master. Yeah, it took me a while to put two and two together on that one as a kid, too. I was like, oh, okay, sure. It's an interesting way to approach that. Gozer needs to be, like, brought around by intercourse between two specific people. Yeah. That seems very biblical to me, though. Then Gozer turns out to be a weird Swedish, like, model person. Here is a fun tidbit for you. Originally, Gozer was supposed to be Pee Wee Herman. No! Not Paul Paul Rubens. Pee-wee Herman. The character of Pee-wee Herman? Paul Rubens. Red bow tie, gray suit jacket. Mm -hmm. The whole deal. Can you elaborate, please? I don't know beyond that. I just know that originally there are storyboards and the cast and crew have talked about how originally it was going to be Paul Rubens, but they thought that that wouldn't be menacing enough, I believe. Because you already have the Stay Pushed Marshmallow Man. Right. Which is already a menacing, jokey thing. Having Gozer also be a menacing, jokey thing might ruin the tension a little bit because it's tense up on that rooftop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, asking him questions and blowing him, like, towards the edge of the roof. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you a god? Oh, yeah. Ray, when someone asks if you're a god, you You say say yes. yes. Good line. (laughs) Love that. I think I, that's the one I used the most. I think that's the Ghostbusters line I really? say the most. How long, How often does that come up? Not Ooh. organically, but I'll make it come <laughs> you'll, up. You'll shoehorn it into conversations whenever you can. I guess I say, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass sometimes. I think I gotta this start... This man has no dick. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. I think I need to start saying, we got one! <laughs> in, in a little more common place but i think i'm gonna get yelled at because yelling we got one is not not appropriate socially (laughs) i don't think so no one's no one knows what one you're talking about well that's the thing yeah everyone's like what the hell are you talking about why are you wearing those thick rimmed glasses right now god (laughs) janine one of honestly outside of the ghostbusters the best character i think she trumps rick moranis for me yeah i think so too she she does so much with so little that role could have been Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it could have Annie background. Annie Potts elevates that character. So... Also, her and Egon have a little yeah, subtextual. That's really expanded on in the cartoon show. Oh, is it is really? Is that true? Oh, yeah, it's like her only character trait. Oh, is oh, this shit? Oh, that, that seems sucks. right. Well, not only, like, it's a big part of it, and Egon just completely oblivious. Janine does become a Ghostbuster at one point. Oh, that's like awesome. She gets that's her awesome. Own pack, she gets a suit. She I goes out. I love that. In the comics, she leads the team for a little bit. I need to read those comics. I hear the comics are pretty good. Oh, they're fantastic. If you want just more Ghostbusters, it's the first two movies, the game, and bits of the cartoon show are all canon in that series. I just got the game for my birthday. I say just got. My birthday was the end of April, as you two were aware. You were there when I got it. I don't even remember you getting that. Alex brought it for me with my oh, Avengers tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good gift. That was a good gift. I'm, I'm really excited to play it, and it's multiplayer. 
So, is it like co-op? Yeah, it's like co-op. Oh, real quick, one bit of news that I can put in here. They're remastering the Ghostbusters game, and I'm thoroughly excited about it. Is it going to be for PS4 or PS5? Both. PS5 is backwards compatible, yeah, baby. baby. Right. Well, of I think it's PS4. I'm going to play for the first time and fall in love with it, or so I'm told. Because it is just Ghostbusters 3. Maybe we should do a... It's written by... Dan Aykroyd. And voiced by a lot of the yeah, original. Everyone's I think it's all back, of them, yeah. Except for uh, Rick Moranis. He came out of retirement to do an SCTV reunion a couple of years ago, and that's the only thing he's done since he retired. You think he'll be back with this new one? No. No? I do not. If Mel Brooks couldn't get him out of retirement, then I don't think anyone can. Because Mel Brooks, I remember when Force Awakens came out, was talking about doing a new Spaceballs. I, I always thought that... What was they made the joke in the original? It's like Spaceballs Two the Quest search, for More Money. Yeah, the search for more money. Love that. Which I think would have been really funny to do yeah. right, yeah. like right when Star Wars was coming I'd back. Some more dark helmet in my life. But oh, I believe God. the reason that Mel Brooks didn't end up going any further with that was he went to Rick Moranis and was like, "I'll only do this if you come back." And Rick Moranis was like, "No, damn, Rick, no, Ricky, I would. Uh, Why?" I wish. I only wish. Maybe yeah, maybe it'll come around eventually. I don't know. Do you think people would watch if the three of us did a, like, Ghostbusters, the game, play? Oh, like a Like Twitch? a Let's Play you Twitch want, thing? You want to turn into a Let's Play channel? I honestly wouldn't mind. Three of us, it is co-op. We'd all yeah. jump on a Ghostbuster. and All of our favorite Ghostbusters. Oh, my. This actually sounds like a great idea. We're going to cut this from the podcast, <laughs> so it's a surprise for the audience. That's true, but here's the question. If the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible, does that mean you could play co-op with people playing on a PS4, or do you can only play co-op with people playing on a PS5? That's a good question, and I know Sony has been... They've, it's very frustrating, because every other... You know, yes, your Microsoft, your Nintendo, your, your Steam stuff, they always try to work in cross-platform yes. play. Sony has never not once been on board with crossplay which is very frustrating because mm-hmm. publicly they have been offered by Microsoft and Nintendo to get yes, in on they that have. and they're just like we want our exclusives we want our own share of money that isn't going to be fiddled with by other companies Literally, the only thing I can think of that you can play with something that's not a PlayStation on a PlayStation is Fortnite. Guys, it's not a Fortnite channel. Oh, I'd rather quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe since it's the same... I'm going to go on a tangent. I Fortnite is just a cultural phenomenon that has completely passed me by. How? It's every meme. You guys and... never played the game. You can play as Batman now, Ricardo. Oh no my kidding. god. That's going to get... That's going to get Ricardo being <laughs> a Fortniter now. He's going to become a Fortnite YouTuber, leave the podcast. Oh, I'm going to make that sweet, sweet Twitch money. I'm hey, what's be- up, you guys? It's your boy, Ricky, coming back to play some more Batman Fortnite. I'm the, I'm the new ninja. You know, I got an ad the other day, and I was like, oh, they're making a new Batman Telltale chapter? And it was like, no, it's Batman oh, and Fortnite. Terrible. For whatever reason. I, I I do remember when they had Thanos in there as like that special mode where like one out of a hundred people spawned in as him. The gauntlet falls into a random spot in the map and then you oh. have to go find it and then when you kill Thanos then you get the gauntlet. Just like Santa Claus. Coming Tim soon are Santa Claus retrospective. Oh, those movies are so you, good. You we're like getting... Tim Allen? Because <laughs> I no? sure kind well, of we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing how much I don't like Tim Allen and how much I like Tim Allen things. Yeah, like, he's a true-to-life scumbag. Like, unapologetically, he's a bad guy, but he makes he makes fun stuff. Well, the, he used to make fun stuff. The fact that he and Tom Hanks 
their careers are so linked, they clearly spend so much time together, is hilarious to me. Because it's like, what if you took the two opposites yeah. of what celebrities can be? What do you think those guys talk about? <laughs> I couldn't imagine. It's, it's a mystery to me, because it's like, Tom Hanks is just like the wholesome boy of the world. That... I like to imagine they don't break character when they're together. It's just Buzz and Woody. Well, they do a lot of interviews together. I'm a big Toy Story fan. I don't think this has come up organically on the podcast yet. I am a huge Toy Story nut, especially Buzz Lightyear, which is, again, funny because I don't really like Tim Allen. But I really love Buzz Lightyear. They do a lot of interviews together, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. They have a pretty good on-screen rapport. They are cracking jokes with each other and kind of ribbing each other, but it almost makes me think of, like, maybe there's a little bit of truth behind the <laughs> ribbing each other. remember that scene in the first Toy Story movie where Buzz Lightyear ratted out all the other toys for doing coke? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was genuinely following you for a second, and you, you got me. You got me. Yeah, man, you hear about that, and he's got his um, his right-wing conservative TV show, TV show, Last Man Standing. Gender roles, the oh, TV boy. show. Jeez, it's so rough. And then, like, Jungle the Jungle is like it's a masterpiece in my mind, <laughs> and I, I can't ever get away from it. I have never seen Jungle the Jungle. It is incredible. Tim Allen and Martin Short this are just all a just a big commercial for our eventual... Tim Allen month retrospective. Oh, God. What's that? That's like... That's, that's January because that's the month that all the bad movies happen. That makes sense. But, hey, I mean, he's got he's got Santa Claus. He's got... I'll Stick By Jungle the Jungle is a good movie. He's got Toy Stories, all of them, except for... Four, which was... Eh. I like the Toy Story shorts yeah, a lot. Yeah. That's my Toy Story 4. There you go. Ghostbusters, huh? Tim Allen. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Great. How did we get here? <laughs> this was, uh... Oh, God, I'm trying to backpedal. Uh, we just rename this Tangents the Podcast? Well, I mean, that's why I kind of like this podcast, is because this was specifically only supposed to be Ghostbusters, and we, we found our way to Tim Allen anyway. I think we should wrap up our thoughts on Ghostbusters. Like, obviously, it's a comedy classic. It still really holds up. I watch it every October. It's yeah, nice it's and spooky. Know compare it to that remake or are we just going to completely ignore it? I've never seen the remake. I never have either and I've never heard good things. Well, that's not true. I've heard few good things. It's not the worst movie in the world. It looks inoffensive. I mean, what else were they going to do? I know a lot of backlashes about it being Girl Ghostbusters. Like, I would rather probably have the actors that are in it than have Jonah Hill and Zac Efron being like, "Oh, dude, Slimer, kiss me, bro." What yeah, the, that's what the true. Hell? That's hey, man. I like the Jump Street movie. <laughs> Twenty-seven Jump Street, Ghostbusters. Great. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think the problem Garrett, is with that specific female Ghostbusters. The feminists are taking over. See, oh God. I'm just more concerned. I think Ghostbusters is so self-contained. Yeah. Like the continuation of that franchise is, I think, honestly, part of the mistake because Ghostbusters two cannot figure out what it's supposed to be. No, yeah. It, that movie is, like, I love it. It's well, a mess. It's, it's, it's got a lot of stuff. It's the first one again. Yeah, it's just the first one again, except they're, they're somehow even more down on their luck, yeah, despite the party, fact that they just yeah, stopped Ghost 9-11 yeah, in the last get movie. that part. This is like, this kid comes up to him and says, my dad says you guys are fakes. It's like, did your dad ignore the steak puff marshmallow man? Yeah, you remember all the people that got killed drowning in marshmallow goo? Like, come on. We did that. That was us. Remember that ghost cabbie? (laughs) (laughs) I do like that one. Yeah, the ghost cabbie. He really scares that guy. He also reminds me a lot of Benny from Halloween Town. 
thought you were going to say Benny from The Preview. Mummy. For our upcoming episode on the Halloween Town series. I don't know if I've ever seen Halloween Town. This podcast is really getting all my boxes checked <laughs> with the stuff that I have been needing to watch. Here's an actual little preview for our upcoming Halloween specials episode. Each one of us, I think, we're going to bring in at least three I think that specials. sounds right. Yeah, that's, that's good to me. On Halloween, we will be recording and putting out that episode Halloween evening. So stay tuned for that special trick-or-treat. Duh, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so I think we've pretty much said everything yeah. we have to say about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Go watch it if you haven't. Go watch it if you have. Go watch the first two movies. Play that game. Read the comic book series. It's got great art. Good stuff. All right, I think it's time to move on with the show. Our pop culture reference for this week's episode is the horror movie trope, The Final Girl. Now, this is the reoccurring idea that in a horror movie where there's a a group of people basically being picked off by whatever monster or bad guy is around, it'll almost always come down to uh, one final person. That final person will be a girl, and that girl will be ruthlessly tracked down as like the final goal usually of whatever antagonist that has been doing this the whole time often they don't even really start off as the main character like ripley from alien yeah this kind of part of the crew and then just happens to be the last one left because she's the smartest and has the most ingenuity or the most luck in some cases other famous example of this is Laurie Strode from the Halloween franchise. Or um, Sydney Prescott from the Scream movies. Yeah, she usually ends up just running around on her own, too. Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, yeah. was clearly inspired by the idea of the final girl, kind of taking the final girl and giving her a little bit more agency. Maybe the final girl's not afraid of the monster, the monster's afraid of her, which is often how final girls kind of end up at the end of the film anyway. Uh, especially when you think about more recent film, the longer horror movies go on. Like I think about something like Ready or Not, which is yeah. a final girl from the very beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's about her own agency and being brave enough and smart enough to fight back against whatever's hunting them. I'm just realizing now, The Terminator. Oh yeah, Terminator. great example of the final. Yeah, girl. Terminator's exactly to the, the final. The very girl. end where she has to, you know, put him in the press. Like that is like limping and running, scared. It's. Mm-hmm. Not- I think that another that's... preview for our upcoming Terminator episode. Oh yeah, we actually do have an upcoming Terminator episode. Yeah, very but... soon. Oh yeah. I think that's next week. Good you... lord. You're gonna make me watch Dark Fate. Dark wait, no, we're doing the Well we're gonna do one and two. Right. And then the week after that we're doing Terminator Dark Fate coming to a cinema near you soon. Not a sponsor. Not a not a sponsor. Hashtag no. not spawn. I mean, James Cameron, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> James, come into the studio sometime. We would sometime. love some of that sweet, sweet Avatar slash Titanic money, oh, if you're yeah. willing to share. James, well, as you listen to this in your underground base in the hull of the Titanic, <laughs> please <laughs> give us some of that sweet, sweet Avatar money. Give us a free press screening for Avatar 2. You know what? Give us one of your submarines, why don't you? You have enough. Come on. I think we're all terrified of the ocean. That would be... That'd be a good podcast, just us freaking out. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the ocean, it's dark and cold, there's monsters everywhere. Guys, the ocean is so big. Okay, no one ever talks about it, the ocean is huge. It's the, it's the biggest thing on the earth, is all of the ocean, come on. James Cameron knows. James Cameron's the it. only one who ever talks about it. You think James Cameron secretly knows that there are Navi at the bottom of the ocean? I think that's what oh my God. <laughs> Avatar's based on. It makes sense now. 
That's our exclusive pop culture scoop. You heard it here first, guys. James Cameron is keeping the Na'vi in the hull of the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) What started off as a pop culture reference about horror movies has now devolved once again into a tangent about James Cameron. This episode is really brought to you by tangents. That is... I think that should be a running sponsor at this point, because I, I enjoy the tangents a lot. That that Inspector Gadget one, go back, re-listen to the old episodes, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, that Inspector Gadget tangent was one of, <laughs> yeah. one of our finest tangential moments, Absolutely. I think. Alright, I think it's time for Save the Rec Center, guys, don't you think? Yeah, I think, I think it's about that time again. Which one of you guys wants to start off, or if you don't want to, I'm happy to. Take it away, I mean, I... What I'm plugging right now is the Milwaukee Film Festival. The Milwaukee Film Festival just started on October 17th. So, guys, you have two weeks almost until the 31st of October when the festival closes. I highly recommend you check it out if you're in the Milwaukee area. It's a really cool opportunity to showcase not only some local films, but also some foreign, independent art house films that you might not have the opportunity to see elsewhere. Mark Borchert, UWM's own Mark Borchert, is showing his feature, Coven which hasn't been screened in quite a long time. It's on 35... It's Mark Borcher's own 35mm print. I actually had no idea. That's incredible, Mark Borcher's going to be there in person to do a Q&A after the film, so I know I'll be there. That's very cool. Please go support the Milwaukee Film Festival at the gorgeous Oriental Theater and all of the other places that they are having screenings. I'm going to continue down my line of completely out-of-left-field rec centers and go with another one of my personal favorite movies that I will always recommend. Loved it as a kid. Love it now. Jim Carrey's The Mask is truly... It's it's so funny. It's so weird. There are more musical numbers than you remember, and they're all great. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about... It's classic Carrey, right? Truly, it's like when I think of funny, wacky Jim Carrey, I think of The Mask. I don't know if we get a ton of wacky Jim Carrey anymore, so go go back. It's 100% worth it. Ricardo, what's your rec center? October 11th, we get the release of El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. So I'm just going to recommend Breaking Bad. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a pretty it's, great show. It's fantastic television. It's shot beautifully. Vince Gilligan is just fantastic at what he does. Is that the show that's considered ushering in the golden age of television, or is that far back with The Sopranos and The Wire? Mm, that's a good question, because I feel like Breaking Bad yeah. definitely fits in at least the very that was early... 2008, that's early enough. Yeah. Dang, that's so long. Because that was right after The Sopranos wrapped then. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it took me a little bit to get into Breaking Bad, but my goodness, is it worth it to get into it. It, it really is. Just everything about it is just fantastic. The acting, oh, the writing. God, the acting. You know what? Watch Better Call Saul. I saw season one. I enjoyed it. What is that? Two rec centers now? You're getting greedy there, it's still the guy. same <laughs> universe. Well, if you ever check out any of our rec centers, please let us know. You can email us at popculturereferencepod at gmail.com or tweet us at PCR underscore podcast. Before we wrap up, I want to touch on a tangent that we went on earlier. The character actor who we were talking about from Die Hard, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Big Trouble in Little China is named Al Long. Al Long. How long is he? Oh, Oh, my God. And he is still working. Awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Al Long. I'm going to really try not to forget that this time. He has two upcoming projects called The Gathering and Death by Midnight. They both sound spooky. 
I love it. They're both thrillers, according to IMDb, so I know we'll be there God, for both of those. Thriller? Yeah, he's watching Thriller music video. Stay tuned for our Thriller episode. I mean, that we, we could count that as a Halloween special, Ricardo, Honestly, if you want to yeah, bring that in. want to bring that as one of your three. I don't know if we want to get into Michael Jackson on this podcast. But we're going we're gonna to have hey, to eventually. Man. I think Thriller can stand it. Don't take Thriller away from me. <laughs> With that... All right, thank you so much for listening to our pre-recorded episode. We know it broke form a little bit, but we want to make sure that we got you guys some content this week. Have a happy Halloween. We will see you on Halloween when we talk about our Halloween specials that we all bring in. Other than that, uh, I think that's an episode, guys. That's a wrap, boys. Great. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. See you later.